over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Beautiful Arizona Saturday morning to you all. It's the 9 o'clock hour. Our open home hour. It's open to anything you want to talk about. Your home, castle, or cabin. one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. Text questions can be sent to 411-923. Or you can send an email to info at rosieonthehouse.com. And something, you know, we make a lot of sacrifices to be here Saturday morning. And here's, here's one we have to make. We are missing the celebration of Frank Lloyd Wright's 152nd birthday at Tally S. and West. Oh, wow. uh, Admission for Discovery Day is free. It starts at 10 o'clock. It goes till 4. Last entry at 3 o'clock. You can watch a classic film once shown at Teleas and West during Frank Lloyd Wright's time called The Wizard of Oz, as well as a video that introduced Frank Lloyd Wright Foundation and the 2017 BBC documentary Frank Lloyd Wright, The Man Who Built America. You can look up Taliesin West and get all the details there. That is something that, over time, I'd mentioned it recently, that growing up, looking at Frank Lloyd Wright's buildings, I'm like, man, these are so silly. What's the big deal? And uh, this is. But the older I get and the more I look at it and see building going on around, and you've got these structures that have been completely demolished and rebuilt next to these Frank Lloyd Wright buildings that are still standing, I, I've, I have an growing appreciation for... Uh, Frank Lloyd Wright and what he did in his vision and his designs, and uh, he was way he was ahead of sustainability. He was sustainable when sustainable wasn't cool. We've got special guests in the studio this morning. Director of the Register of Contractors, Mr. Jeff Fleetham. Welcome back to the broadcast. And you are looking dapper this morning, sir. <laughs> good morning, Romy. <laughs> Love Thank the American bow tie. There you go. <laughs> I've got an event later on as soon as I'm done here, so I figured I'd. Uh, it's easier to tie a bow tie in front of a mirror than while you're trying to drive down the road. I would agree. <laughs> drive safe. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We've got uh, labor is what I want to start with, building the workforce. I cannot open the paper without seeing something breaking down, whether residential or commercial. Sure. They're just starting a new health center uh, between ASU and Mayo Clinic up in the North Valley. Mm-hmm. They've Broke ground at Legacy Sports Arena this week. El Mirage, $20 million data center that's coming to uh, to Arizona. I can't tell you how many skyscrapers and multi-purpose buildings are going up. And we need people to build them. <laughs> Arizona's on the move. It's a growing. It's a good place to be. you got a great, uh, a, a great economy. We've got uh, a, a business-friendly state, both big business and small business. Um, and it's... Uh, they're, they're worse positions to be in than, uh, you know, having having jobs that we have to wait a little bit. But the needle's moving on these these kind of things, Romy. There's uh, there's a lot of people working on on uh, on uh, getting people uh, passing the message to young people about the uh, about the benefits of being uh, in taking a career path in the construction science technology professions. Um, you know, you know as well. You've got a pretty good life from that. So we look at all of these giants. And always a skill to fall back on if you need it. Yeah, and you don't need to fall back on it. So it can be your life because that's what it's been for, for you mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's been for me. So I don't look at uh, a construction uh, uh, science technology profession as being a fallback career. I look at it as being a career. 
and uh, it takes uh, a lot of knowledge to do these things. Uh, there's opportunities galore. Uh, there's opportunities to earn while you learn, so you don't uh, you don't end up with hundreds, you know, tens of thousands of college uh, of debt uh, from college, uh, and uh, and you can have a great life. So Greater Phoenix Chamber Foundation uh, uh, Construction uh, Group. Uh, has partnered with uh, NCCER and Build Your Future, uh, and they are they're moving the needle. They've got a lot of people going on. They've got a big advertising campaign that will start shortly, so that'll that'll pass a lot of information on to people. So, have you seen uh, any tours or campus of Westmec? I've seen them going up yeah. all over. I've yet yeah. to make it to one. So, uh, I, I've been out to Westmec and Evit. I'm on the Evit uh, construction. Uh, 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 group, their advisory council. I'm on the uh, energy advisory council out at Westmac. Uh, the great, uh, great programs. Uh, of course, everybody basically uh, west of Scottsdale School District, west of Scottsdale School District, those kids are associated with the Westmec uh, programs. Uh, east, uh, Arcadia, or Scottsdale School District and East are associated with the Even. East Valley okay. Institute of Technology. Pima County has uh, has those kind of groups. They're they're great opportunities for uh, for young people and even adult programs to go in and a variety of different things. But uh, of course, I'm I'm most interested in construction science technology <laughs> professions, but a variety of things. It's awesome stuff going on at these places. Yeah, I think that's uh, everyone's trying to supply the labor force right uh, whether it's construction agriculture sure. automotive mechanic absolutely and i think they all try and attack the same small demographic instead of coming together and promoting here's everything great that you can do you can be right. in construction you can be a mechanic right. you can be in agriculture certainly and sometimes it's looked at uh it's promoted in a way that it's you know this kind of stuff is for kids who aren't college material and that is not the case um, I've said, and <laughs> you might get some calls on this. Look, uh, joining the cons- you know construction science technology professions in construction, and I'm not uh, I'm not knowledgeable about these other areas, but I do know there's some people that are in the uh, auto uh, auto industry that are making substantial incomes. Um, but in construction technology uh, science technology professions is a great career. Uh, you can earn the kind of money that you can earn. Whether you're, um, you know, whether you're a physician, whether you know, whether you're a, a teacher, a musician, whatever, that's a career path you can choose. Um, and uh, an observation and, I've noticed over time: most people that tell you can't be anything in life without a college degree can't fix a leaky faucet, right? So then, uh, <laughs> or yeah, build the house they live in. <laughs> that's why most people can't handle the construction science technology professions themselves is because they can't they can't handle that stuff so all right in addition to our uh, soapbox on the benefits of <laughs> uh, uh, life in the trades you have a lot going on y'all have some new legislation changes that have changed the recovery fund certainly um, now some people aren't aware you know some of your listeners aren't aware you know they're new to the state or they haven't had this situation. Uh, the Arizona Register of Contractors and uh, the statutes uh, put into place what's called the Recovery Fund, and the Recovery Fund is uh, is is based and is funded on uh, fees that are paid by licensed licensed 
license, remember, get Through that the license contractors, contractors uh, residential contractors, when they first get their license and then at renewal, they, uh, they uh, uh, send money in for that. And what that will allow is say a, um, uh, someone has a, uh, a contract with a residential contractor, uh, something goes awry. It could be a variety of different things. It could be uh, the, the person goes out of business for one reason or another, uh, maybe nothing nefarious attached to that, or there's a, uh, there's a dispute, uh, there's some poor work done, uh, the contractor won't take care of those things, uh, then uh, the homeowner can, or the, the client, the, the citizen, <laughs> that uh, can uh, make an application to the recovery fund and receive up to $30,000 uh, to help uh, recover the costs that they've spent there. Now, this is only available to people who have hired licensed residential contractors that were properly licensed when they signed the contract and throughout the process. So that's what we encourage. There's, there's a good reason to ha hire licensed contractors, and one is that. Another, they have a basic experience level. They typically, they, they all have to have a, a, they all have to have bonded. Most good contractors, all those that I know are insured. They have these kind of things going on. So possibly a licensed contractor could, at the front end, look like it's costing you more. But in the back end, it is never costing you more. So, and we know who they are and how to find them. I sure. can't remember the name of the guy, but they just threw somebody in jail out in Buckeye who had racked up over a hundred thousand and uh, basically just stolen money. Like, oh yeah, I'll do your pool. I'll down payment of X amount. So, and, yeah, those things happen. Those things happen um, uh, all too frequently. Uh, we handle about little someplace around between two thousand twenty five hundred. Uh, complaints against unlicensed entities uh, each year. Now, some of these people are, you know, they're, they're not out to, to hurt people, and, but there's some of them that are. are. Uh, this, we're coming up to a time of the year where uh, with the monsoons or with our monsoon season and wind damage, rain damage and stuff, we see an increased amount of people coming to try to take advantage of people that have had uh, wind, rain damage or uh, fire damage as well. We've all heard about ambulance chasing attorneys. Mm -hmm. These are uh, storm chasing contractors. Right. They can be storm chasing contractors or they might be in your own neighborhood. They might be chasing, not chasing anything. Uh, but what uh, oftentimes they do is they've got a great story. They've got a, an awesome price and they want you to make a decision instantly. Uh, and uh, uh, we caution people to do that. It's not uncommon um, it's not uncommon for people to do more due diligence changing their m mobile phone plan than a $30,000 remodel <laughs> job. So check our website, roc.az.gov. You can check for a licensed contract. You can see if their license is active. You can see if they've had ever had a complaint. Uh, if they have had a complaint, call the contractor and ask them what it was about. How did it get resolved? You can tell them you can do these kind of things. But always check our website. If you can't get the information, if you're still not comfortable with that information, call us. Our 800 number's on the website. Call us. Ask us. We'll answer those kind of questions and, and get referrals from, from everybody. So. And every contractor is required to have their six-digit license displayed. You want to make sure that the person that's giving you right. that license right. properly represents that company. Absolutely. You want to make sure. <laughs> so a couple things. If you sign a contract with ABC contractors, and, and that's, there might be an ABC out there. I just pardon this. Don't 
send a check to pay for the bill to Joe Smith, send it to ABC Contractors. You know what? If I wanted a car right now, I'd probably go to Sanderson Ford. But when it comes to uh, maybe not making it to the dealership, I can shop from home and buy from home. Are you ready to update your Ford Explorer? We're both kind of like in the same boat there. John, every time we talk to John, he's (laughs) pushing us going, that Ford Ranger's got your name on it. (laughs) It does. And I'm starting to see the new ones on the road, and those are sharp-looking trucks. I'm I'm just not sure that I, I really want it for the driver mileage for the commutes, hmm. but I know if I end up doing that, I'm going to end up in a situation where I need something to tow the horse trailer. And I don't think you could put a gooseneck on a Ranger. So multi-purpose I'm, truck. I'm going to have to go back to our 350. I think hmm. I'm, I may even get a 450 just to you know you, you can't ever have too much power when you've got five horses you're trying to relocate at one time with the rest of the crew. But whatever that vehicle's going to be, it's going to be a Ford. It's going to be Sanderson Ford. And it's going to be on a Saturday after a broadcast because they're never open on Sunday. Sanderson Ford open now, 51st Avenue in Glendale. Yes, if someone's asking you to make a checkout to them personally instead of the company you're hiring to do work on your house, that should be a major red flag. That and cash. Cash is king, except you shouldn't be paying cash to do these kind of things if you're working with a company. After the work's done. <laughs> so, 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 the, um, yeah, it is, uh, you know, I think in the industry, and, and some of us that are uh, older in the industry and in, in the other, many businesses, you know, it used to be, um, I don't think as a percentage today, there's any more people that are doing wrong than ever before. We know more about it. We have social media. Uh, uh, we, we, we talk about it more, so we're more aware of these kind of things. But what happens in Arizona, especially during uh, the, these, uh, the season, the, the wind and the rain season, is it, it's a prime target, especially if you have something, if you go back to uh, October 2010, when we had the hail damage, the big storm that came in, 150,000 roofs. Um, it's uh, you have it was almost just like a, a freight train of vehicles coming in from all over the country, coming to people, telling them they had to make a decision right now. Give us your insurance check. We'll make sure all this is taken care of, and then they take off with the insurance check. Here's what happens. Now I'm not an attorney and I'm not an insurance person, but I think you'll have some people to clarify this. If you have damage to your home and the, comp- and the insurance company gives you a check and you give it to a contractor who runs off with it and doesn't do the work, your home is now uninsurable. You have a mortgage on it, it's uninsurable because it's damaged, right? That can really cause all sorts of problems. Be very careful about these things. Nothing needs to be taken care of instantly. I think a lot of people forget that mm-hmm. when you said instantly you know they get this feeling that what what's going to happen if this isn't done today and they get in a panic situation if their conditioning's right. out if you've got water leaking into the house you know i mean it i don't know the only house i've ever seen completely demolished had nothing to do with construction defect 
It had to do with the fact that the county decided to redraw the floodplains <laughs> and bought the houses up that had already been built in the floodplains, relocated the families, and came back and leveled the houses. Okay. I, I don't know about that, <laughs> Romy. <laughs> but, uh, but I can tell you um, it's, it's important for people to consider these things. Um, you know, when, when you have a situation where part of your roof is damaged, you don't have to have your house re-roofed immediately. You need, some, you need to mitigate further damage by getting drying in tarps or something like that. Um, if there's 150,000 roofs that are damaged, like in October of 2010, there's not 150,000 contractors to fix it and tomorrow. And you can't hire that much staff because you'd right. have to fire them all when you got done with the there's, job. I mean, there's, but there's not, there's not enough. So um, it does take some time, but there's ways to mitigate these things. But please, always make sure your contractor is licensed. Always double check. You know, some people say you, you need to get three bids, and some people do. I, I'm not saying any of those kind of things. Be, do your due diligence. You're spending money. It's your home where you live. It's where you live. Or it may be, it may be your business. But don't make a decision, an instant decision, that's going to harm you in the future. Even if you get to the recovery fund, it's a, it's a process. It takes some time. So if you do your d- due diligence on the front end, the chances of you being coming out on the short end are much less. Um, we do everything we can to, uh, to reduce the unlicensed entity problem in the state of Arizona. Uh, but it's a giant state. And it's and it's and it's a prime targets for people, especially uh, when it's cool here, you know. And no one wants to no one wants to be back in Boston at you know nine <laughs> degrees working in the construction industry. So some of these folks come out here, uh, and then we're uh, we're a hotbed of uh, groups of people that are clumped into what's called nomadic organized crime organizations, and these are organizations, and they specialize in. Uh, in taking advantage of uh, vulnerable communities. And vulnerable communities are not just elderly. Vulnerable communities are people who believe right off the bat. Vulnerable communities are anybody that doesn't do due diligence. That's what happens. Yeah. And you said not just the elderly either. You see a lot of people that get caught in that keeping up with the Jones that we saw that huge craze like, oh, four to, oh, crash. (laughs) Right, right. Those kind of things. So, you know, take some time. It's uh, it's probably it's the you know after you buy your home, a, a renovation is probably the most expensive thing you're ever going to get involved in. You know, unless you're going to buy a, a Bentley. So, um, but uh, it, it's please do that. It, it the construction industry is filled with honorable people. Filled with it. There's no more. There's no more nefarious, crooked folks in the construction science technology professions than there are in any other profession. Just do your due diligence. My father was in business for, for decades, never had a complaint. You guys have been in business. You guys handle all your stuff for business. That's what typically the industry is. Arizona Register of Contractors Director, Mr. Jeff Fleetham, roc.az.gov. If you're looking to get projects done, verify that six-digit number that contractor's representing is his and it's an active standing with the Register of Contractors. roc.az.gov
Yes, and at the 9.30 programming segments where we cover our weekly home maintenance how-to, but a couple of shopkeeping things to take care of first. The heat is on, and we got a great testimonial to Rosie's super cooling. You can see it. Uh, we shared it and reposted it after the individual tweeted it out. It was a picture of her utility bill that reduced the demand, but she was able to live comfortably without costing anymore. It's called supercooling. It's how you properly use electricity at in a conjunction with what you're getting charged for electricity at that time. And this individual was an APS, not only customer, but employee. It took us years to convince even the employee to try it, and it worked great for three months in a row, reduced her demand rate, bills went down, and she lived more comfortably. Okay, can I give a shout-out to Brian over at Rias because um, I finally got a programmable thermostat to work at my house after three tries. So I decided to go on the SRP EZ plan. In June of last year, I was on the basic plan. It was $122. So far, with about a week left and uh, timing it just right, $75 for the month of June. Super cooling. Yeah, it works. You can type that into the search engine at rosieonthehouse.com. Just super cooling, one word. First article that comes up will show you uh, examples. It has this testimonial posted there, and it's got the podcast. We covered it in-depth recently with Rosie April 13th, and the podcast link is there. So I uh, just wanted to mention that. Heat is on. If you're worried about your bills, before you do anything else, super cool. Also, I apologize. I completely blew through our weekly giveaway. We try and do that in the second segment of every week. Uh, a little listener appreciation. If you're tuning in just for that, I apologize. Um uh, I don't mind if you, you know, whatever, for however long you come in or out of the program, as long as you stop by. We're glad to have you. I had just missed my Sanderson Ford Live. Uh, I had, you didn't miss it? I had, no, you didn't. <laughs> I missed the start, the transition. I was off on that. That threw me off. Then we burned up all of our talking points with the registered contractor, so we wanted to figure how we wanted to finalize that, and I just, I just blew through it. So I apologize. I hate it when people do that. It's like you feel like they're just trapping you to listen later. It wasn't. I just blew it. I missed it. So this week, it's Colorado Rockies and Arizona Diamondbacks, Tuesday, June 18th. One of the reasons we do this in the shorter segment is we usually tie it into a trivia question that one of our listeners would know, especially if they subscribe to our newsletter because we give a little hint. And it doesn't give somebody that may be passing through an opportunity to quick grab it because they don't have enough time to do a Google search. But this is a long programming segment. and uh, it, You have time to breathe. You'll have time to figure this one out. <laughs> what is the photo of in our June home maintenance calendar? We have a photo contest every month, and homeowners send in pictures of Arizona landscape and wildlife. What is the featured homeowner photo? And June's home maintenance calendar. Text that answer to 411923 at the end of this programming segment. We'll grab a random right winner and send you these tickets. Arizona Diamondbacks versus Colorado Rockies, or I guess it was Colorado Rockies versus Arizona Diamondbacks. It's a home game. Tuesday, June 18th, first pitch, 640. Great seats, too. These are a home plate box, section K, row J, seat 11 and 12. I mean, you're right on top of the dugout. A dog and a brew. 
face Much value of these is $110. And so you actually could afford a hot dog and a brew because you didn't have to drop 220 on the tickets. Two hot dogs and a brew. Part All right. two. Let's get to our home maintenance to do this week, and it's Get the Lint Out. We're joined with uh, Scott. I'm here. Welcome. Good morning. How nice is it in Sedona today? Well, it's a tough. Uh, it, well, it's, it actually just broke 90 degrees, but it's a lovely dry 90 degrees, so that's fine. That's fine. And the point of getting the lint out, name of uh, Scott's company, you are a specialist in removing lint, the number one cause of home fires in in America because of lint. Correct. So how do we get it out? Uh, lint where? It's very important, lint in the dryer. Uh, a lot of people don't realize when they uh, do all the maintenance on their house, the dryer vent is the last to be considered and mostly forgotten about. It's out of place. You don't see it. It's dirty back there. It's hard to move the dryer. It's heavy lifting. Exactly. I can't tell you how many times I've gone in to clean a dryer vent. When somebody saw one of my ads, they said, it's never been cleaned before. It can't be all that bad. And the entire pipe is totally impacted. And they didn't even realize. And a clean, a clean vent that? is an efficient one. Your clothes will dry faster and you'll consume less uh, energy. Yes, but one important point to consider, Romy, is that if the owner has a gas dryer, the, that uh, dryer vent is like uh, a, an exhaust pipe of your car. So people understand when their exhaust pipe is blocked, it all backs up into the car. You get all that carbon monoxide into the car. Well, your dryer vent's the same way. You don't see it, you don't feel it, you don't smell the carbon monoxide, but it's just as deadly. And how do we remove that? What's, what's your process? Well, I go into the house and I assess uh, the, the entire system. If necessary, I'll go up to the rooftop. I'll go into a crawl space. I, I find uh, the exit point or the, the roof jack, and then I'll go into the laundry room and look at the connection of the dryer. There's a tra transition hose, usually four feet from the dryer to the wall, and I inspect that. A lot of times there's uh, tears and holes uh, in the transition hose, and you get a lot of lint behind the dryer and into the laundry room, and you're inhaling that every time you go into uh, the laundry room and the dryer is working. People don't realize they're breathing in all that lint. We talk about the perfect home, and it's not something that's been completed. It's just in concept, and it's a design, and all the different features it's going to have. There's going to be, in the perfect home, a better way to exhaust the, <laughs> the vent from the dryer. Yes. Well, the perfect uh, system that I've seen is usually the shortest, the most direct. And what's interesting uh, that I found is, in northern Arizona at least, because that's where I work, usually the laundry area is in the middle of the house. And because people don't want to give up the window space, the wall space, and you know, on an outside wall and lose the beautiful views in every room in the house. So they'll put the laundry area in the middle of the house, and then they vent up. And then usually it goes up sometimes to the roof, which is the best thing. The other way they would do it is up into the crawl space and, and back. But the ideal location to really hardly ever have a problem is to put that dryer on an outside wall have it go directly out behind the dryer 
the pipe uh, inch behind the wall is no more than one foot, and you're done. As long as you have a, a trap on the uh, wall vent that does not allow bugs and birds and critters to get in, you rarely should ever have a problem. Unfortunately, that's not the normal case. That vertical venting of the dryer vent is one that I still can't believe is approved through code. Uh, but but it is, and it's done all the time, and that is one thing that creates maintenance for your home, and that's why we're covering it today with Scott Jablo of Get the Lint Out, a retired New York police officer who came out here and lived a good life in Sedona and couldn't sit still, so he's helping uh, become every Arizona homeowner's best friend with Rosie on the house by getting the lint out. Where else do we have to worry about uh, cleaning ducks? But, yeah, of course, your HVAC system, which I'm not too familiar with, but that's also something that can it can breed uh, illnesses, uh, which is different than the uh, uh, the dry event. But that's something that should be cleaned at least once, if not twice, uh, every other year. And how far around the Sedona Verde Valley area do you service? I do all the villages and towns uh, and cities in the Verde Valley. Clockdale, uh, I go up to Jerome, uh, and then I'll go to uh, as far as the switchbacks to Flagstaff. Uh, I will go uh, to Camp Verde and, of course, Sedona and everything in between. you got the village of Oak Creek. So that, that keeps me busy, I can tell you. That, that, that one area keeps me quite busy every day. And if you can't remember the last time you cleaned your dryer vent, then the answer is it's been too darn long and you need to get on it. If that's not something that you can do yourself, Scott's happy to help you. What's, what would you say the biggest difference between living in New York and living in Arizona? Well, the weather is totally different. You know, we, we all come here. We don't have snow here, although Sedona did have a blizzard this past year with 18 inches. That's the first time in recent memory. But the weather, uh, the uh, uh, relaxed atmosphere, uh, that's, a, that's what I came here for. You don't have the hustle bustle. You don't have uh, those blizzards, like I said, and the, the heavy snow. So, and you don't have traffic usually either up here. You do down in the valley, but you don't have it up here. Well, thanks for joining us this Saturday morning. Thanks for your service to Arizona homeowners. And uh, best place, best opportunity for someone to get a hold of you? That would be at 928-301-7163. Thank you, sir, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. You too. Thank you all. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. If you've got a question or would like to join the conversation, it's one 767 4348 That's one rosie for you This is our open home hour. Before we get to our on-the-house hour, it's going to be a power hour, primarily solar power. Kyle from Sun Valley Solar Solutions is here. He's downstairs. We'll come and get you at the next break. Don't worry. And in the meantime, we're going to see what Mitch is working on at his home. Welcome to the program. Hi. Yes, sir. Well... I'm having a problem with the toilet. Every so often, I'd hear it start running for maybe 10, 15 seconds, and then shut off. In the past when this has happened, replacing the flapper always fixed it, which did not this time. So I replaced the entire flush valve, and it's still doing it. So I'm at a loss to figure out how the water is getting from the tank into the bowl with all that replaced. And have you tried the color dye trick where you put some food coloring in the tank that's the first thing i did after i replaced okay the flapper and it's and it was still leaking i put food coloring in the tank and after a couple minutes it was seeping into the bowl now did you 
shut the water off, flush it so the tank drains, and then just put some Vaseline around the, the rubber seal and try that again? Around, you mean around the seat that the flapper sits on? Yeah, the rubber part. Just put some Vaseline on it. Sometimes those well, rubber can dry out a little bit. On, I know the, it's on new. the actual flapper, you mm-hmm. want the Vaseline? Yeah, where the flapper no, touches itself uh, on and prevents that and creates that waterproof seal. Sometimes, you know, yeah, the rubber well, sit, Yeah, you know. the flapper is uh, plastic or rubber, and the, the other is, is a hard plastic. Yeah, I would, I would try and put something like a Vaseline on there that would be waterproof. Uh, fill it back up, give it 10 minutes, and if you don't see any kind of water seeping through, it's just it's not a good seal, and we'll take it from there. If, if you, that doesn't solve it, we'll bring you back on the air and go from there and bring in a plumber for a lifeline. But that's, that's the first thing I would, I would check because if it's still coming through, it's not leaking through the porcelain. We know that. It's got to be leaking through the flapper if it's draining from the tank to the bowl. And see, this is why we like to do the giveaway in the short segment. So people that are fans, it's listener appreciation giveaway. We like it to go to a true listener. A woodpecker was not in, I don't even think we had a woodpecker in 20. 19th calendar. It was the Arizona sunset. Mr. Orr of Glendale was our winner this week. Congratulations. Go enjoy the Rockies as they come in and uh, are hosted by the Diamondbacks June 18th. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the game and send us a picture. Hope the uh, hope it's a good game and a good win for Arizona. Last week we had a caller that joined us wanting to know what to do with uh, a home he was having built in the northwest part of the Phoenix area. I've Vistancia, I think, is where it was going in, or was it Verado? I think it was Vistancia, because I remember it being northwest. And he wanted to know, do I need plywood on the entire outside of the home? Do I need to sheathe everything or just the corners? He was seeing developments that were going up. Some did, some didn't. The city inspector came out, as every home is inspected periodically at key points during the construction phase and asked him why he wasn't doing it. And they made him start thinking, should I, should I not? And we've got Chauncey Meyer, our architect from Tucson, joining us on the line to talk about the proper code for building a home when sheathing. We're not going to, like Chauncey said yesterday, we're going to be very gracious. We're not going to go into a soapbox and say, well, you should be building with block and not silly sticks and stucco to begin with. But if we're building a home out of wood, which most of them are... (laughs) I said that so you didn't have to. Thank you. I appreciate what's, that. What's our proper code? Well, the the code has, uh, there's prescriptive code, and what the inside the code, and uh, there is ways that you can build, and that's a minimum standard for uh, lateral bracing for wind load in this district that we're in. And uh, you you could do corner bracing. You can do uh, hold-down brackets. Um you can do full sheathing. It just has to be done in a certain way. And inside the code, it actually tells you how to do it. Um, you know, I recommend to my clients that they, they sheave the complete building because that gives a, a much stronger uh, building than it would if it wasn't. But uh, all methods are approved by code. But uh, as we know, code is a minimum standard for uh, for building and um, and. We try and you'll not. get the minimum if you build to the minimum code. 
Yeah, you can build to minimum code. Um, the corner bracing works. Uh, what happens is in production building, they try to uh, reduce the cost so they can sell the homes for a more competitive price, and uh, so they they uh, do what is what is required as a minimum standard. But uh, I, uh, I, if you sheave the building completely with uh, uh, with sheathing, uh, you're going to have a much stronger and uh, the building won't cr shouldn't crack as easy, for the, especially if you use stucco. What is, um, I mean, I was looking up. There's really no other value. It's not going to really increase the R ratio too much. I was trying to find other things for him to look at if he was looking at, well, maybe we just do the south and west side, but the R value of that interior OSB sheathing was like less than a, a half a point. Yeah, it it gives you something, but it's not a, it's not a it's not a big factor. And how long could you expect a wood framed home to last anyway? I mean, I was trying to decide, help him decide. Look, we're building out of wood. It's something that's probably not going to last a hundred years anyway. Is that extra five grand for the sheathing going to give you any great value uh, in in any kind of long term perspective? I th I think from a maintenance standpoint, a completely sheathed building, uh, especially if it's stucco, you're, it should give you a, a, a little less maintenance. Um, but 50, you know, a wood frame structure could last 50, 100 years. I mean, if it's maintained properly, I don't know why it couldn't. But uh, it just means you less stucco cracks and 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 things like that, especially with the one coat stucco system. Uh, it, it, that's a good uh, that's a good system for Stockholm's concern. Well, we appreciate you spending your time this Saturday morning to uh, join us on air. You've been designing building homes in the Tucson area for thirty five years. Well, thanks for taking a few minutes of that uh, this Saturday morning to share with us uh, a little bit of your cumulative. What uh, t talk to me real quick? We've got about one minute left about the church y'all did up in the, the oh, Summer the, Haven. Uh, Mary Endure of Knox Shrine. Yes. Um, yes, it's uh, it's fully completed now, and uh, they're holding services there. It's an uh, Eastern Rite Byzantine Catholic chapel and shrine, and uh, they have a, a chapel, they have a, a bell tower, and then they have a, rem they have a Veterans Memorial um, uh, Ramada. In that Ramada, they have uh, the whole the singing of the this the, the um, anyway the symbols of the five services plus the uh, chaplain corps mounted in the base of the uh, bricks on the uh, floor of the Ramada. And the old world craftsmanship skills that were used for this. I mean, where did they find these guys? Well, there was a we there was a three generation carpenter Vasquez. Uh, carpentry in Tucson here, uh, and that's where we we got them. Plus our uh, Gary Griffith, who's our contractor, uh, he's a seasoned craftsman. And between those two, they uh, those companies, they were able to do these joints that each each board had to be cut separately and, and mounted because each board, uh, each beam, and each each joist was mounted individually. There was no trusses. Everything had to be cut to a certain length, 
and sometimes it was less than an eighth of an inch. 